Let's pray right now. We honor you today, Lord, and we thank you for being able to be in this type of amphitheater in the parking lot. (laughs) We thank you for the privilege of being able to sing praises, to worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that you made this world. It operates based on your design, your creation. You know every aspect of it. If anything that God you didn't know, this world would fly off into oblivion. It would fly off God. But the fact that you keep it together by your mighty word, your mighty power, we are grateful. So we thank you. We don't take credit for it at all. It's because, Lord, of what you've done and who you are that we can give praise to you. We give you honor in Jesus' name. And bless the word. Give us ears to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This is how 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 17 through 21 reads. As for the rich in this present world, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. Justin, thank you. (laughs) But on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. O Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. Avoid the irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. For by professing it, some have swerved from the faith. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 5. Proverbs 23, 5. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 5. Reads as thus. When your eyes light on it, it is gone. For suddenly it sprouts wings, flying like an eagle toward heaven. Speaking of that which is money, it sprouts wings and flies away. Going back to Matthew. In the New Testament, Matthew chapter 13, or going to Matthew, I should say. Matthew chapter 13, verse 22. Matthew 13, verse 22. All right. This is how it reads. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Turn back a few pages in Matthew to chapter 6, verse 20. Matthew 6, verse 20. Matthew 6:20 and this is what it says But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven 
where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. May God bless. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. I pick up again with the title from last week. I was going to give a different title. And this morning, the Lord just laid in my heart to keep the same title from last week, which is in today's title, When Immortality Takes Center Stage, Part 2. Today, we're going to pick up with point number two. Point number two, and it is, put your trust in God, not riches. Put your trust in God, not riches. In verse 17 of 1 Timothy chapter 6, Paul ties this present age. When he says this present age, he ties this present age present age to the life in which the person is now living. And then in verse number 19, he speaks of the future to that which one is rewarded for how they have honored the word of God by doing what he says. Do you not know that one day you are going to stand before the almighty God? And let me tell you this. You're standing before the Almighty God. One is going to be seen, first of all, him looking to see if you're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And then he's going to make sh- to see that the works that you have done, was it done under his auspices? Did you work, did you do what he called you to do after You got hired or after you were saved. You see, there are a lot of people today that want to be paid and they haven't even been hired on the job. People looking to get something and they haven't been hired yet. I don't care how long and how much you work to go pick up papers throughout Marin County. If the county of Marin has not hired you at the end of every two weeks, the end of the month, you are not going to get a check. You must first be hired. Today, there are many people that want to go to heaven, but they don't want God. There are many people today that want to be rewarded, but they haven't done anything that requires That's required of them in order to get a reward. Help us, Lord. Help us, birds. Help us. (laughs) Rewards are a result of what we do now on this side of eternity. It is a result of what we do for the Lord. It really doesn't make a difference what people think In regards to what God's word said, you can say all you want, but if God's word does not confirm what you are doing, then it's not going to count. I know that people have their opinions about things, but does what you do line up with the word of God? I was out last night walking and I saw 
that down this particular road where they're building some houses, there were some posts that were put up that weren't there last week. And one thing that I noticed about the posts that were there on yesterday, there was a plumb line from one post all the way to the other. And that plumb line is to make sure that the that that wood is straight. They have a measure. They have something that they use to determine that what they are building is going to be straight. When you try to build your life on your own intuition and your own thinking, it is not straight. It is not based on the plumb line. That is the word of God. I I don't care what you might think. Are you building according to what the word says? And so today we have people today with a lot of different thoughts and opinions, but it is not based on the plumb line. God's word. Paul is bringing 1 Timothy to a conclusion, and I find it most interesting that he took a short detour before coming back in verse number 17 to the topic of what he had been addressing before, that some of the false teachers had been advocating and had been teaching a doctrine that was contrary to the word of God. There were some of the false teachers that had been teaching that which promoted them and they sought to make a gain or to uh, get all this possessions, all this money, all these things, but it was done at the expense of the people. In other words, they were preaching false and they thought that they could get gain by doing that which is wrong. Paul says, shut them down, Timothy, shut them down. And he comes now back to verse number 17. And in verse number 17, Paul makes a very interesting assumption. And he makes a statement that if you're not careful, you'll miss it. He he says, as for those that have wealth or those that are rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. Now, one of the things that's very important that you need to note is that in the church, Paul was dealing with those that were already wealthy, those that had a little bit, and those that hardly had anything at all. And he does not condemn them. He just says, tell them that what they have, they need to be very careful not to become haughty, prideful in their possessions. As I have said before, trying to make everyone the same and have the same thing is not biblical. Just I need you to need you to come down, Justin. Everything is not supposed to be the same. 
I, I don't know when we are going to get this here. Our government, our society, our world tries to make people the same. We are not the same. There are, gift, there are different gifts. There are different levels of education. There are different things that people possess. There are different ways that God has blessed people. Everyone does not have the same. And yet, our society somehow tries to say that you should all be the same. If God wanted everyone the same, he would have given everyone the same genes. The exact same replica. Just made a clone. Like my dad used to say, when he made you, he took, he, he took that clone, he took what he made, and he threw it away, never to make another one of you again. <laughs> never to make another one, another one of you again. You don't smell just like anybody. He would say that he could, a, a hound dog could pick you out of a Super Bowl crowd of 90,000 people. Put your dirty socks under his nose and he will sniff you out. You don't smell just like anybody. You don't look just like anybody. God made you unique. And he took the mold after he made you and said, not again with this one. So let me tell you this. When we consider what God is doing, he values differences. And somehow in the church and somehow in our society, people feel that everyone should be made the same. And that's not the case. Paul says, tell those that are wealthy in the church not to be haughty, but they have something that they need to do. One of the things that we have to remember is that it is God who is to be honored and what he gives us. What Paul does is he gives a warning to those who would be inclined to trust their riches on this earth and ignore the fact that they have an almighty God one day to stand before. It is interesting that Paul makes no claim that having wealth is wrong. Let me listen carefully. Paul does not condemn those that are wealthy. But he gives some guidelines and principles about those that are in the church. Now, one thing you've got to remember, the Bible is written to believers. The reason that some people don't understand the word of God is because they're reading someone else's mail. The letter of the word of God is to Christians. And they have a desire to honor the word of God and to do what he says. So we have to be very careful when God has given that we don't condemn if it has been earned in an honest way. Today, people are made to feel guilty about what they have. Let me tell you this. This is not of God. If the Lord has blessed a person, wherever they may be, 
Simply saying that what you have is wrong, it does one thing in particular. It does not recognize God for what he has given, and it keeps a person from blessing the king of glory. Because the Lord says, what I give you, you are to honor me and to bless me and to worship me. If a person is feeling guilty all the time because of what they have, how is that honoring to the almighty God? And so what Paul does with Timothy, he says that I want to give you some guidelines and some principles that those that are in the church that may have wealth, they should be sure to do that which is right. Not to be haughty, not to be proudful, not to take pride in what they have, not to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. Why? Because as we read in Timothy, in, in Proverbs 23, 5, he says at times, Finances can just fly, take wings. It can find wings and just fly away. You'd be looking around and says, where did that $20 bill I just had go to? You break it and it is gone. (laughs) It seems to just take up wings and fly away. So what Paul tells and says is, don't put your trust in riches, but be sure to honor the Lord, and he says, that we are to richly honor God or to bless God because he's the one that provides everything to enjoy. Now, as I've told you before, when it comes to the Garden of Eden, there was only one thing that the Lord told Adam and Eve that they could not have. And that was the tree that was in the center of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. At that time, that was the only restriction. Now understand, if you have everything else available in that one tree, why is it that we are so inclined to go after the the very thing that God says no to? We have everything that God has blessed us with, but that one thing he says no, that's the very thing that we get attracted to. So we have to be very, very careful. In the counsel to Timothy, Paul is making clear that those, have been given, that those who have been given wealth are to honor God and give glory to God. That's what he says. When one focuses on what they have and then guilt is attached to it, God cannot be honored. You see, if God gives you and then there is guilt attached to his blessings, how can God get the glory? You will be too, too busy worrying about what other people think. You will be too, wor- too busy worrying about what others might say. Rather than saying, God, thank you, how can I use what you have given me to be a blessing to others? I have, I, have, I have prayed this before. I said, Lord, would you bless me so I could be a blessing to others? And then when it came at times to blessing somebody else, I said, how much, Lord? What? You've got to be kidding. <laughs> you ask God to do something and he's inclined to do it. We must be very careful that when we have been blessed by God, 
that we turn and give glory to God. This is what Paul is telling the Christians that are wealthy in the church. That you don't, don't, don't put your faith in the riches, but put it in God and give glory and honor to him. We serve the immortal God. And one of the things that happened in the New Testament, there was the belief that if a person was wealthy or rich, that somehow they automatically went to heaven. And the Lord told a parable where this had been the thinking of what's called the rich young ruler. Saying, what must I do to earn eternal life? The Lord says to him, know what the commandments say, love the Lord your God and honor the, your God the Father. And he, he goes through some of the, the commandments. And this young man said, Lord, I, I have done that ever since I was a child. I've done this. The Bible then says that the Lord loved him and looked at him and told this young man, there's one thing that you, not for everybody else, that you lack. He told this young man, you go and sell everything you have, give to the poor, and then you come follow me. The Bible says that he turned and walked away. Why? Because the Bible says he had great possessions. The very thing that he said he wanted, how can I have eternal life? The Lord pinpointed his problem was that he loved his stuff more than he loved God. And any time you put stuff before God, the Lord may call that stuff into question. He's not saying that it's wrong to have things, but when there is a, a problem of placing anything ahead of God, the Lord says, I'll have no other gods before me. When we consider the fact that many in the New Testament believe that those that were rich went to heaven, it was because they said that, well, they must be blessed of God. So when the disciples saw what happened, they're like, well, who in the world can be saved? Well, with man, this is impossible. And so in Matthew chapter 6, the Lord even then says, store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moth and rust cannot destroy. Have you ever had something eaten by a moth? You put something in the closet and you come back months or even years later, oh, I haven't worn that in a while, and you take it out and there's a hole in it. There have been some moth or a moth having lunch and dinner on your clothes. And, and, and it's interesting because you didn't notice it, but it's there. And so what the Lord says, when one puts their confidence rather than in God but in stuff, it's like something that a moth will eat or even something that's metal that rust will eventually take over. He says, don't, don't put your trust in that. It's fine to use, but make sure that you store up treasure in heaven. Now, how do we store up treasure? I've got to close the, be out in five minutes. Give me five minutes and I'm done. When a person comes to the Lord and accepts accepts him as Savior, they have now been hired by the immortal God, the King of glory, the Lord who has no beginning and end. And the thing that the Lord then tells him to do and tells them to do, as he even tells those here that are wealthy, bless the poor, do good with what you have, they begin to build up treasure for themselves in heaven so that when eternity comes, 
The very thing that they have been doing on this earth counts towards them as their reward. It is a reward that they can receive because what? They have laid up for themselves treasure in heaven. There are some people today who think, well, I haven't done anything. I've been serving the Lord, but I have no rewards. Oh, yes, you do. (laughs) You just don't know what they all are right now. (laughs) But the Lord has blessed people and has a plan for people, but they must first come to him. Because of my time, I'm going to have to skip some things here just to make sure I get through 1 Timothy here. In verse number 18, Paul, he shares four things that Timothy is to do. He says, they are, teach the wealthy, they are to do good, to be rich in good works. And then the next two would be what we call the benevolent gift. They are to be generous and ready to, to share. They are to be generous and ready to share. Now, I want you to understand this. It's written to believers that are Christians. He's not just talking about anyone that's in the world. He's talking about those that were in the church. So understand this. When a person says, oh, that person is wealthy, this is what the Bible says. No, they haven't been hired. They're reading somebody else's mail. It's for the believer. For the believer. Believer. Being made to feel guilty, again, about what you have honestly attained is disrespectful to God and keeps you from giving, as I said, thanks to the Almighty God. Let me tell you this. Did you not know unthankfulness is a sin? And it causes you to become bitter rather than better? Have you ever been around unthankful people? Complain about everything. Complain when the sun is out too hot. Complain when the sun is behind the clouds too cold. Complain that we don't have rain, need water because it's so dry. And then complain when it rains. Which it stops raining. They complain when they get a car because it's not like somebody else's car. They, 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 there's nothing that seems to satisfy them or gives, gives them the ability to be thankful for. Unthankfulness is a sin. God has blessed us and has given us the privilege to be able to honor him. That's why when we come to church, we worship him in song, we lift our hands, we thank him. Not because we're paying him back, but we're showing our appreciation to him. Have you ever given a gift to a person, given a gift to someone, and they didn't say thank you? you said, Give my gift back. <laughs> Give it back. I give a gift to a child and they don't say thank you. And demanding something else? Is this all? It's the last time I give you something. (laughs) We must be very, very, very careful. As I bring this to a conclusion, in verse number 20, Paul tells Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. Guard the deposit. That's a banking term that Paul speaks to him about. That when something is put on deposit. He says, avoid the irreverent babble and contradictions, contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. Avoid it, Timothy. And then he says, Timothy, in verse 21, for by professing it, some have swerved from the faith. Your Bibles may say you. That you in the Greek is plural. That Timothy was given the responsibility of taking this message And sharing it not only, well, Paul gave it not only to Timothy, but it was given to the church. It was given to the body. He says, you. 
When Paul speaks of you, it is a it is plural in the Greek, and and he's telling him that Timothy, I don't want you to keep this message to yourself. I want you, Timothy, to share it. One thing that I want you to know as we conclude here is that God has given things to people so that they will be willing to share and to and to honor God by uh, what he has given them to be a blessing by giving. And so one of the things that we have to always remember and be very mindful of is that the Bible says it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so when we have the privilege of blessing people, sometimes you just need to do something so privately that nobody knows. Just be a blessing to a person that nobody knows. As he says, but God, why? Because your blessings come from the Almighty King. It is wonderful to note that Timothy does not, or Paul does not say that Timothy is wrong for those in the church to have. Well, he's already assuming that they have it, but he says, here are the principles. Here are the things that, Timothy, that you are needing to teach people. Please remember this. What God has given you, be thankful for. (laughs) It is not to say, oh, what is this? But it is to be appreciative. You know why? Because God enjoys giving to his people. He enjoys blessing. And what does he do? He uses people to bless other people. (laughs) That's what he does. He uses people to bless other people. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. The word knowledge in the Greek is called gnosis. And there's a word in the Greek called gnosko, means I know. There was a group that came in the second and third century that were called the Gnostics. They brought a heretical teaching into the church. Some of the elements are beginning to creep into the church in the New Testament, but it's not full Gnosticism because that came in the second and third century. But some of the tenets of this Everything material is evil, only the spirit is good. That was one of their main teachings. And they were so wrapped up in knowledge and everything dealing with knowledge that it was driving a wedge between that and those that were in the church honoring God through the spirit and those who felt that knowledge was everything. So when Paul is talking in Timothy about those who have this matter of, he says, Let me just read it and then I'll close. He says, avoid the irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. He's hitting the tentacles of a problem that was in the church. We have to be very, very careful of what we do. This is a message for you. We have the immortal God that we're serving. And remember that what he's given you, you are to enjoy and to give him thanks for. When he has encouraged you as a believer to bless others, do it willingly. Because why? You are storing up for yourself treasure in heaven. We honor you today, Lord, and we pray that as we leave this place that you will be with us. We thank you for being able to gather here. And thank you again for the beautiful day, the sunshine. We are thanking you because we know that, Lord, our blessings come from the almighty God. We worship you. We give you all the glory. We give you the praise in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. May God bless you.